All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. You got your boy Zage here, of course. Joined by a local Delaware Claymont legend. <laughs> Hilarious comedian. Very nice gentleman. Longtime friend. Whether or not we both know it. Longtime friend. And, uh, and many other things. But here we have my Danny friend. Danny Aguilera. Danny Aguilera here joining us. Danny is a comedian. Uh, also from Delaware, as I said. So... I, I'm going to pass it off to you. I'm going to let you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, just get, shine a little light on who Danny is. All right. Um, like you said, I'm from Claymont. Grew up here. I was born in California, actually. I did not know that. Yeah. When did you move here? Like four or five. What for? Literally no idea. Parents have never mentioned it. No idea. They just up and were like, all right, we're tired yep. of California. Yep. SoCal or NoCal? Uh, Visalia. I think it's by like LA or something. SoCal. Yeah. And uh, are both of your parents from Mexico? No, just one is. Your father or your yeah, mother? My uh, dad's full-blooded Mexican. Shout out. And then and my mom's what's just mom? white. I, She's just white. I think I'm Irish and German. I'm all for the whole just calling white people white. Yeah, now like it's white. Like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. You're right. Like, There's I not. was born in America. I'm American. Exactly. Um, so uh, the reason I say that about longtime friends is because when I was reminiscing about, like, my memories with you, I remembered, like, we both rode Bus 70. Yeah, bus 70. Oh, my God. Throwback. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, so, like, that <laughs> just threw me back, uh, and I just couldn't even believe that. But we rode bus 70 with all the, like, clay monsters, Arden oh, kids, yeah. and stuff like that. That was to go to PS. Um, I personally couldn't, like, uh, figure out, like, my first memory of you. I was going to ask you if you have any, like, memory. Because we didn't hit it off, like, super yeah. early or anything. I just remember you would be on the bus and you would always be with that, um, you would always be with Phoenix. Always. Fucking, you would always be sitting next to each other and whatnot. Running my mouth. You would always be like kind of spastic like in the video games and whatnot. You're I, an interesting <laughs> character. <laughs> I just remember you being very, very funny, uh, but also very calm. Like I don't remember you being like a super high energy like yeah. dickhead I was always just chilling, but I definitely was a dickhead. You think I, you were? Came, oh, 100%. I got more into being a dickhead like as I got older, but… It definitely started in middle school. But it's like teenage angst. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's like some room for reasonability there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after PS, did you go to Mount Pleasant first and then Sally's or the other way? No, nah, I went to Sally's and they kicked my ass out. They <laughs> kicked you Mount out Pleasant. for real? Yeah. For what? Um, I don't know. I mean, I was always a dickhead in school. Just like, and then a bunch of little shit like being late, wearing white socks and stuff like that. What socks? White, white socks. You can't wear white socks. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think you were doing that intentionally? I mean, it wasn't intentional, but, like, I'd wake up late. I'm not about to sit here and look through my socks. Like, I got to go. <laughs> Realistically, like, they're socks. Like, how's that going to change my day? I am curious about your experience at Sally's, if you're willing to speak on it yeah, at all. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to toss a whole bunch of shade around if you don't oh, want nah, to. No, we can do that. Fuck Sally's. <laughs> but, like, from an outsider's perspective, so for anybody who doesn't know, Sally's is, like, the private—I would call it the private academy of, like, North Delaware. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's an all-boys school. Uh, it's— Includes religious studies. Yeah. And also didn't know it was an all-boys school till like, the first day. Really? Yeah, no idea. Who? Well, why'd you go? So, in eighth grade, my uh, football coach, he asked me where I was going to high school, and I just said, probably Mount. And he was just like, oh, I can't let that happen, because I guess I was supposed to be good at football. Okay. And I got sent there. And then I figured out it was an all-boys school. It was, like, Catholic and all that, and it was just a new world for me. Because not religious, really. Yeah, me neither. That. So talk a little bit about that. Like, what was it like taking a religion studies class, like, not knowing anything? or It was really crazy because, like, we'd learn about all this religion and, like, everybody else would have, like, a base knowledge. And I just had no idea what was going on half the time. Do you think that it opened your mind to, like, people being into that? Or do you think it maybe uh, closed your mind in any way? 
it kind of opened it a little bit, but at the same time, it just seemed like the basic, like, Catholic stuff anybody else would believe. It wasn't, like, super deep. They weren't, like, crazy about it, but it was definitely, like, the uh, main focus. Was it the vibe? Like, yeah. it did feel like... Yeah, like, we had to go to Mass at once a month, like, as a school and everything. That's interesting. It was definitely weird, though, because I didn't know any of the songs, none of the prayers. I had no idea what was going on in church. And, like... Do you think you're the only one like that, or do you think there were other people in that situation? There was a good amount of kids like that. That's what I figure. Most of them were definitely, like, go to church every Sunday type of family. So what's it like going to school with a bunch of dudes, I have to ask? You know, like, how, how could you cool, compare? I guess. I mean, in the mornings there was girls, because the Ursuline and Padua girls would take, like, classes at our school and vice versa. Okay. But, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really notice it that much, because… That's what know, Cole says, too. Yeah, they're all your boys, I guess. You just kind of hang out, and I don't know. It's not like before, like in middle school with girls. It's not like it really changed. Okay. I guess I get that. What do you think it's like being a female teacher at an all-boys school? Horrible for them. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what I always we, think, too. Because, like, one, if you're any ounce of hot, it's just every kid <laughs> is just, like, at you. And then, like, you just fuck with them all day, too. I believe that. Yeah, we made a teacher cry before. And, like… How? Well… And why? She was a softie because… <laughs> so, like, it was, like, five minutes before lunch bell was ringing. And we all were just standing at the door, and she was, like, freaking out that we weren't sitting down. And apparently she cried because of that. Oh, okay. So you didn't, like, bully her. Nah, nah, nah. Allegedly. Yeah, I didn't. Other <laughs> kids might have. <laughs> Anita. Um, and then I, I mentioned the, the, the your dad being Mexican thing mm-hmm. because I personally, maybe it's my, like, white privilege blinders on, but I don't see a whole lot of Hispanic, Latino, Mexican families in Delaware. Yeah. Do you feel that way or am I mistaken? Nah, they're kind of just like clicked up in like small spaces. Like okay. my neighborhood is all Mexicans. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like was, two white people. Was there like a mixed diversity at Sally's? Not at all. There was legitimately like maybe six black kids in I, my class. I believe it. Um, Like 20 Hispanics. And then everyone else was pretty much white or like a couple Chinese kids. Do you think that that was something you were conscious of while you were there? I definitely noticed it, but I didn't really think too much of it. Like thinking deep like oh that's weird but mm-hmm. I just definitely noticed like because literally like not to be racist or anything all the black kids like they would all sit together at lunch I believe and, it like you could tell like the whole cafeteria well, it's about like having a sense of community you know? yeah like, exactly if you're at a school where everyone's looking at you different I feel like you have to click up that's kind of exactly. what I'm asking you like did you experience any situation where you felt like you were an outcast or you needed to click up with anybody or anything like that uh, nah, because before I went there, like, uh, I played football, so that starts before school even starts, so I feel like that helps, you know, make friends and all that. Creates and brotherhood. Kind of clicks you up before even going into school. But after that, I mean, I'm always personable and friendly, so, I mean, I made friends. You are. Wasn't necessarily in any clicks. Do you, you don't play football now, right? Nah. Do you miss playing football? Year. I mean, it was cool and all, but, like, everyone else always wanted me to, like, do it way more than I wanted to. I feel that. Yeah. Even to this day, people are like, oh, you could have went to college and yada yada. I'm just like, yeah, I could have, but… But it wasn't your call. Yeah, I didn't want to. I can't even imagine… You know, if you really think about it, like, playing football is, like, a serious thing. You gotta, mm-hmm. like, gear up, prepare your body, and, like, give your body out. I guess that stands for all sports, but yeah. football to me is a different kind of a different kind of animal. Yeah, it's such a commitment, too, because you… Starting, like, in the summer, you gotta do summer workouts, and then… Practice starts August 15th in Delaware for high school. And then from there, you're, I mean, if you're good, you're going to like November. That's what I'm thinking. And then like NFL level football is like the pressure. Yeah, all that. It's like literally your daily life, even college. Like every day you wake up, work out, go to practice, go to your class, go to meetings, go to another practice, you know, play on the weekends. I miss casual sports. I, I don't exactly miss like 
competitive sports. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it a lot more in like eighth grade when it wasn't super serious. Yeah. But once I got to high school, it was just so like, like this is your job. Right. That's a really good way to put it. And then at what age do you think, well, I, I kind of am curious. So what happened with switching over to Mount? Um, and that was weird because like, it was literally all the kids we went to middle school with, but they were all clicked out and just like older. So mm -hmm. it was really weird. I would see people and just be like, oh shit, like that's you or that's him. Just be like, it's weird, like you still like I still know you, but I also don't know you at all. Definitely. And like, then like the senior year aspect kind of sucked just because like senior year only matters if you build up like three years before that for like graduation, prom, all that type of shit. So kind of ruined it, I guess, but it wasn't that big of a deal. You, oh, you feel like you missed out a little bit socially because you weren't there for the first two years? Yeah. That's interesting. And then I missed out on all the stuff from Sally's, like the cool stuff the, at the yeah. end. That is really frustrating. I wonder. Do you think what do you think you took away from that experience? Um, just not take shit so serious. I mean, really wasn't that important. Like, it's prom and whatnot. And, like, I feel the same way. Book. High school kids do be really clicky. Yeah. And, like, I guess in the moment, it's kind of important. But, like, looking back now, it's just like, wow, that didn't matter at all. I didn't even go to my graduation. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like I knew a couple people who didn't. I wasn't doing that. The last name starts with an A. <laughs> Gotta start way to the end. That's how I felt too. And I they, still get the paper. And all you do is walk across and shake a hand. Yeah, it's, literally. It's really for your parents, I swear. It legitimately is. Unless, I don't even think my mom cared though. Yeah, unless you're a real academia person. I was um, not. Are you close to your parents? I mean, I'm close, I guess. My parent, my family's never really been like super close or like talkative like that. So I mean, I don't know, we're close, but I haven't really talked to them. Do you have siblings? You have three sisters and a brother. So, I mean, and they're all way older than me. Oh, way? Yeah, You're the like, baby, at baby? least by like 15 years, yeah. Oh, how'd that happen? Um, I guess my parents were just getting hot and heavy one night, and my dad didn't slip on a rubber. I don't know. <laughs> all right, that's blatantly obvious, but I just mean like, have you ever asked, not asked, but like... They, they claim they I was joke? the only planned one, but <laughs> obviously I'm the accident. Like, come on. <laughs> that's nice of them to say. Yeah. That's actually really funny. How old were they when they had you? I don't know, like 30s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well... The rest of them, they had young. Like, but. super young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents had me when they were 18, so I'm not, Yeah, I think like, Bob had my oldest sister when she was, like, 16 or something. Nice. Yeah. And they just, mom. like, rapid? Uh, after that, yeah. The two oldest ones are pretty close. One's, like, 32, and the other's, like, psych. Actually, she's, like, 38 now. That's and crazy. the other one's, like, 34, 35. My that is actually, like, 31. like, near my mother's age. Yeah, so they all kind of a couple years apart. What was that dynamic like at the house? Like, you being so young, do you think everybody kind of babied you? Uh, they definitely babied me, and it was kind of cool because, like, I feel like most people just have their parents to rely on, but, like, I had older siblings and whatnot to show me experiences and, like, help me with uh, just whatever I need. Like, I need a ride or whatever. Can you take me here? Do you think you're quick to learn from their experiences? Oh, yeah, definitely. It helped me, like, experience a lot of stuff that, like, I probably wouldn't if I was just a l only child. Well, how so? Like, what do you think you were able to take away? Because I always... I only have the perspective of an older sibling, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't ever... Sometimes I realize how influential it is to be an older sibling, you know? Like, but a lot of the time you just kind of exist and you don't yeah. really think about that, you know? Since they're so much older, there's like a lot of stuff they've experienced like life-wise, like buying houses, paying bills, and like getting jobs and how all that stuff works that have helped me. And then also like my brother used to be drug addict. So, I mean, that helped realize, like, what that road can go down. Mm -hmm. And then, on the other hand, my sister, she's, like, squeaky clean, didn't drink till she was 21. So, I got to see, like, kind of how both lives played out. That's interesting. That. How do you think, or uh, what was happening in their lives that caused them to go such different directions at that time? 
my sister's always just been like, uh, my one sister's always been like a straight edge, like just like my dad, like kind of anal person, just mm-hmm. like do things by the book, do them right. My brother's kind of always been like the wild child like me, just kind of fucking around, doesn't really think things through. Addiction is really common in Delaware. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but like we have a huge opioid, opioid problem Super here. common. It's, it's, there's nothing to do. Yeah. And then these kids start getting high and then they're like just doing it for fun. And then they realize one day, oh, I can't just stop. It's so real. Uh, is he clean now? Yeah, he's been clean for like years. That's wonderful. I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, it was cool. It was definitely interesting during middle school just having him be an addict and then living with him. Yeah, I, I my father uh, was really, really suffering from addiction when I was really young, so I don't have a whole lot of memories of it. Yeah. Well, what is that like? Like, tell I mean, me a honestly, bit, tell like, me a little bit about that. It's interesting because, like, I want to say they're cool experiences, but it was just, like, interesting shit that, like, a 12, 13-year-old kid just wasn't seeing. Like, I remember one time this lady, my uh, brother and mom weren't home yet, and she knocked on my door and asked for my brother, and I was just like, oh, no, like, he's not here, yada, yada. Just went back to doing whatever I was doing. And they came home, and I guess this lady was still waiting there, and supposedly he broke into her house or something. And then she, like, started breaking our windows with a bat and shit and, like, all this. And, like... It's crazy for a 12-year-old, but it was like, oh, shit. Like, now, like, I'm not worried about this test tomorrow. Like, there's bigger <laughs> problems. Right. But that also, that's actually a really interesting point because it takes a lot of focus away from what maybe a typical 12-year-old would, yeah. should maybe be paying attention to. That's frustrating. Do you ever ask him about that experience and, like, how he feels about all that going down? I actually have talk like, talked to him, like, how he felt. Or anything. I'm sure he feels bad. I'm sure he's not proud of it or anything. Mm-hmm. But like, still my brother. What he must be do? proud now. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm proud of him. He's made it out. He's got a house, kids, job. Oh yeah. So I mean, addiction shit. sucks. Yeah. And people he sleep beat on the it. statistics. Huh? He beat the odds. He beat the odds. Uh, I love hearing stories like that. I'm, I'm very proud of my father for uh, being clean now for as long. And my dad's like 10 plus years clean now. Yeah, I think my brother's around like eight, nine, or 10 years. Something it's like a that. super cool feeling. Uh, did that teach you anything about like? Drugs? Do you think it encouraged you to stay away or maybe um, think about it? It encouraged it at all? me to stay away from certain drugs, but it helped me understand that, like, just because you do something once, you're not going to become an addict. Like, there's other factors that play into it. Um, and then growing up, like, my other sister with weed, she would always tell me, like, it's a gateway drug, yada, yada. I'm just like, it's a funny thing. Well, no, like, I've never once gotten high and just been like, this isn't it. Let me go try heroin. <laughs> I like, know. There's a right? bunch of other factors that go into it. That would be something my. Uh, did, did your parents know your brother was, like, an addict at the time? Um, I guess not at first, and then they obviously figured it out. Mm-hmm. That was, like, something that always was funny to me. It's like, my dad, because he's an addict, he would be like, if you try anything, that's going to be your shit. And then you're going to be looking for the next thing always, because that's what really happened to him. Um, like, that was never my experience. Yeah, my brother got into it because he broke his back and whatnot, and was just got prescribed Percocets, all that. And Dude. Then- that's you like a really serious problem in our country right now. It's literally how it happens. Big Pharma, Purdue Pharma is just taking out half the world. That's on God. I'm glad that you know that. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people know that shit. I don't think they do. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like it's not like their fault. It's just not something they've experienced or gone too deep into. And it's also something that was like closet talk. People didn't talk about doing drugs until yeah. like pretty recently. And no one wants to say, oh, my son's addicted to this exactly. or that. Like, it's embarrassing, but like. But no, it's like yeah. people need help. Yeah, people That's need very to wise of you. Good for you. Don't do drugs, kids. I fucking... <laughs> or do them, but do them safely I was going to say, or try them and then, yeah. <laughs> and then react better later. Um, <laughs> so about what age did you start getting into comedy? Because that is like, I feel like your main passion in life. 
Um, yeah. I guess I've always kind of been funny, kind of been a dickhead telling jokes. But <laughs> no, I you're start... not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know how I'm going to have to navigate this new reality of being mad and not funny. But, like, when do you think you started writing down jokes? Because I also think I'm kind of funny, but mm-hmm. I've never written a joke down, right? So I don't know if I would even have an idea of the concept of, like, starting that yeah. process. So what was that um, like? It didn't start till I was, like, 19 or 20. I didn't really try and, like, write a joke or go do stand-up till then. But before that, I was just kind of joking around with my friends and whatnot. And then around 20, I just started trying to, like, I just liked watching stand-up. I liked it and I wanted to do it. So I just found open mics and whatnot and went for it. Who do you think, like, uh, inspires you? Uh, Ralphie May, RIP, for one. He just, like— Unfamiliar. He's a very funny comedian. He passed away, obviously. But um, he just, like— he calls himself, like, unpolitically correct because, like, he doesn't hold anything back. He's just honest. Dave Chappelle, obviously, he's just funny the way he can go from point A to point B and, like, have it relate but not at all and still be funny. I love Chappelle. He's, he's so funny. And, like, the way he talks about the topics going on, it's such a smart but still, like, joking way. I agree. I think mm-hmm. being able to, like, uh, carry an important message while also being, like, appropriately comedic is yeah. good. Unfortunately, it's, like, so toxic right now. I mean, I hate to use that word because in some instances, it's a good thing. But in other instances, like, people are being canceled for crazy stuff. We can talk about that in a second. But I do want to talk more about, like, you getting into comedy. Uh, Did you start doing stand-up live at the same time that you got into it? Or did it take you a little while to build up some confidence and want to go on stage? Well, actually, I did a show my first time, which is very unusual because people usually go to uh, open mics, but I was working security at this little place in Wilmington called The Academy, and they were having a comedy show, and some guy I knew was just there, and I was just like, damn, yeah, I'm trying to do that, and then they just did another show, and he hit me up. He was like, yo, like, hop on this show, and I was like, all right, shit, I guess I'm starting comedy. That's pretty insane. And then I just kind of figured it out, and it went all right. I mean, I made people laugh. I wasn't the shittiest one there, so I did kept Did you feel any it. pressure going up on stage? I was definitely nervous, like, beforehand, but once I, like once you get that first laugh, it just kind of like a dopamine hits you, and, like, you just keep rolling. I believe that. What about when the joke doesn't hit? It's also still kind of funny because, like, I'm still up there. Like, I still think it's funny. And, like, <laughs> when you're standing up there and no one laughs and they're all just looking at you, it's kind of funny because you're just like, oh, all right. Uh, what else? It makes me anxious when I'm public speaking and I go for a little haha moment and mm-hmm. nobody laughs. I feel it, like, all through my whole body. Oh, yeah, I definitely feel it, but it's still just, I think it's hilarious. I'm like, all right, well, shit, I'm eating this one. <laughs> uh... You speak about how the guy who you said Ray? Ralphie May. Ralphie May, I apologize. Sorry. RIP the legend. Maybe. I don't really know him. But uh, <laughs> you say that something that you took away from him is that he was very open to speak about what he wanted to speak about. Yeah. And didn't care about the repercussions, right? Exactly. Is that something that's important to you as well? Yeah, because like this whole cancel shit, like I think it's bullshit if we're being completely honest. Like you can only get canceled if you let someone cancel you. And like obviously like being a predator and like shit like that, yeah, cancel them. But like, if someone makes a joke and you just don't like it, fucking log off. Don't listen to it. Like, I think that the cancel culture in comedy is really hard to, to like... Yeah, figure out where it stops and ends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? Isn't that so weird? Like, who gets to decide the line that's right and wrong? The answer is, like, the culture of the yeah. times, right? And then the culture of the times changes. Do you think it's fair to, like, go back in time and attack somebody for a joke they made that... Um, 10 years old definitely not a joke so I mean regardless if it's funny or not it's still a joke like the thing they just did to Jimmy Kimmel like there's so many people that go into Saturday Night Live it's not like he just painted his face and went up there and did it so I don't know why they're coming at him and also like what do you want him to do about it like 
delete all the footage exactly. of this. Like, just yeah. end his career. Just stop doing what he does. Just because you're mad. I also… Or like Shane Gillis. Like, yeah, it wasn't even a funny joke, but… Like, he didn't kill the Chinese people. He didn't do anything to Chinese people. I don't even know about that. What happened there? He was on a podcast. He made some shitty joke. Something to do with, like, Chinese people. And then he got kicked off uh, SNL because of it. Wow. And, you know, like I said, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't do anything. He just made a shitty joke. And, like, uh, Ari Shafir. I love Ari Shafir. And I don't get why people are so shocked by, like, the stuff he does. He made the Amazing Racist videos back in the day. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, many people don't know that. It's just, like… He would go around in like in a KKK suit and like <laughs> go into the hood and shit. <laughs> and like, I don't know why you're shocked that this guy tweeted about Kobe being a rapist. Like, and then also Andrew Schultz. He's uh, I know him. Yeah, he like is very flagrant. He does flagrant too. Very good podcast. And like, you can't cancel him. Like he said, you can joke about anything. Like, no one can tell you what not to joke about. That's how I feel. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's like, it, not to sound like a, like a fucking patriot or anything but like we have the first amendment you know like exactly you, you should be able to just say something as long as you're not like infringing on any other uh, any of the other yeah uh, i do see the line i also hate to sound like sjw it's a complicated line right i get it like i get why people get mad but yeah you can't like get mad because he said one thing but not get mad because he said another fucked up thing just because one hits closer to home i feel that because yeah then it's just like your own prejudices are showing you. exactly prejudices pre- prejudices are showing um have you ever said anything around somebody that like they were aggressive with you? Not aggressive. Or upset perhaps? Uh, I made a miscarriage joke about my sister. And um, <laughs> it was a funny joke, by the way, <laughs> in my opinion. Some people laughed. <laughs> but some people were just like, oh, that's horrible. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not the one killing kids. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Do> you- <laughs> like no one's really gotten super mad yet though. I was going to say, yeah. Do you think that… I'm sure I'll piss somebody off. Yeah, yeah. It's bound to happen. When you do get punched in the face for making a joke, please let me know. Yeah, that clip will just bang on my YouTube. That's what I think, too. Oh, it is. Oh, speaking of, I saw that you started doing, like, uh, skits and stuff. Oh, yeah. I did a couple What inspired last that? Week. Um, fucking, if you know what Nelk is on YouTube? I know the Nelk boys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh, they've just been doing shit like that. I just feel like I've been making excuses on why not to create content. And, like, it's 2020, like… I can build on my Instagram and shit. Like, people can see me doing funny shit on that. They'll come to the comedy and all that. I think so, definitely. How to make a brand. I was just watching their shit, and they did, like, a prank call video. And I was like, I can do that right now. Like, let me stop bitching. That's awesome. Like, I I think you touched on something important. A lot of people have, like, ideas of things that they want to go do. And it it takes a lot of effort to go start them. Yeah. And, like, you constantly can think of excuses. Like, I don't have a camera. I don't have this. I don't have that. But everybody has a fucking phone. That is a camera. You can go do shit right now. What what could you say to, like, encourage people to start being active? Uh, just stop fucking caring, like, what all these kids you went to high school with think. And just do it. I think that's highly valuable information. Um, or advice, rather. Yeah, I feel like people are too worried, like, what other people are going to think. Always. Like, my fucking… The second one I posted didn't even get really many likes or anything. But, like, I still think it's funny. Well, you also I have to grow it. organically. That's exactly. another thing. People think that, oh, it's going to take too long, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like… It's only going to take too long if you never start. Exactly. Once you start, you just keep going. Um, who… When you like are looking… Actually, to get back to your writing about comedy, mm-hmm. right? When you write, are you mostly doing pencil and paper or are you doing it in your phone? I do a little bit of both. So like I'll do pencil and paper. I'll do my phone like the idea of it. If I think of like a premise, I'll just think, oh, that's funny. I'll jot it down real quick. Then I'll go to the pencil and paper to try and like work it all out so it uh, sticks in my head more. Okay. And then usually… Before I go up on stage, I'll like make a note and make it my screens of like 
Like I have a joke about Robin Tug, so I write Robin Tug, and then like, like as a reminder for the flow. Yeah, to remember like, oh, like once I see the word, I'll know like this is the joke I'm going with. And how do you know when you like think of a joke that's worth writing down? I guess I don't. I don't know. It's just something I think is funny, so I'm just gonna pursue it. I guess that's really it. Like. I guess I like I want to make people laugh, obviously, but I still want to say like I just like to say stuff that I think is funny. I'll see people. So do you think it's more important that you think it's funny or the crowd? Uh, I guess I'm like me because it's never going to be funny to the crowd if I don't think it's funny. That's interesting. I actually would disagree. You you might know better, but I, feel I guess like- it's both ways too. Because like I like at this point my jokes aren't really that funny to me anymore. Okay, because I've said them the so many times. Doing, yeah, but like they still laugh. So I guess it's important, but it's just hard because, like, if you're not liking, like, if you just do a joke because you know it's going to laugh, but you really don't like it, that doesn't it's going to be harder to do. It's like fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, like, a full hour set right now? Or, like, what, how much? I know. I got, got, like, a cool, cool five minutes. That's it right now? Yeah. I'm surprised to hear that because you've been doing a bunch of shows. Yeah, but that same five minutes. Does it hit? Uh, yeah, most of the time. And where do you do the shows at usually? So the shows I'll do, like, in and around Philly, some in Delaware. I usually go to open mics in Philly, though. There's really not shit in Delaware for it. I wouldn't think there would be. There's like two open mics that are. Like I've never maybe been once to an month. open mic before. What's the environment like? I love it because it's weird. Like, you know, I hang outside this bar and just chat it up, smoke, and then I'll fucking wait two hours to go on stage for three minutes and then just go stand outside some more. And like, it seems stupid, like a waste of time, I guess, but I don't know. I love it. Do you think there's like a good, it doesn't seem stupid or a waste of time at all. I feel like it's really important to practice. Yeah. And my follow up question was going to be do you find yourself networking at these events? Like, is there a good comedy scene in Philly? Do people support each other? Yeah, there's a very good comedy scene in Philly. There's a lot. I've met a lot of comics so far that are kind of like doing bigger, better things than I am. And I've definitely networked a little bit. I'm trying to get better at it because I don't necessarily try and promote myself. I'll just kind of chat it up with people. But there's definitely a good scene where people support each other. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of mics and they're all kind of like the same people, same people supporting. Do you think you see the same people around? Oh yeah, all the time. I think that's a cool ass thing. Like, I think there's a misconception about a lot of different industries, especially in the entertainment field, about like the broadness of them. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like they're very small. I can speak on the music industry personally because I know that like it's almost primarily in LA and everybody involved in making the noise like knows each other. So I yeah. would imagine in comedy it's the same thing. Like uh, the people who own the venues never change, you know, so everybody probably yeah. knows each other. In Philly, think- there's like a few like big players who like do this shit for a living and all that. And then, like, it kind of goes tiers below that. Mm. But there's definitely still, like, it's the same, like, main guys you'll see. But there's, like, I mean, there's plenty of people that just come out to try it once in a while. Mm. Do you think that the comedy scene, I know we're obviously pretty young, so we can't speak mm. on it too well, but do you think the comedy scene has improved over time or gotten worse? Well, I feel like it's improved because, like, growing up, I didn't know anybody that was trying to stand up like that or anything. And, like, I feel like it wasn't, like, something someone told you, oh, you could go do that. But I feel like now it's, like, a lot more accessible. Why do you think that is? There's just a lot of more open mics. Um, obviously, with technology and whatnot, you can get yourself out there a lot more. And there's just a lot more opportunity to try. I think streaming's been a huge influence. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, the ability to create a special independently is, like, way easier, you know? Yeah, than it would have been, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, and also with YouTube. Lots of people yeah. just be putting their stuff up on YouTube. And yeah, it just happened recently, like, a, in the last few years. Like, a lot of people putting their specials on YouTube, their I clips agree. on YouTube. Like, Andrew Schultz. That's why I like him so much, because he pretty much started— I mean, I don't know if he started it, started it. I think he did. But he started posting his crowd work sets on YouTube, and they're funny as shit. And people started coming to his shows, and, you know, he got his views up. 
as you mentioned earlier, like the importance of a brand. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Like it's important to, I mean, you're trying to build a following. That's your entire career. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, everybody's eyes are online, you know, like. Exactly. So you got to be there. Um, you said fan what? Fan work? Crowd work. Crowd work? Yeah. What, what is that? So it's like when a comedian is on stage, not necessarily telling a joke, but he's like, oh, sir, like, what do you do for a living? And like make jokes off of that. Or just like, like roast just, him? Yeah. Just fucking with somebody in the crowd pretty much. Do you ever do that? I've tried it a couple times. It's um, it's hard to like plan out because like if you plan it out, obviously it's not gonna work because like, it's just you think about it too much. It's got to be like on the spot improv kind of shit. So like my one show in Philly, I came out and there was this lady in the front row and like bright ass sweater. Like I couldn't like I didn't even like think about saying it. I just like thunk out loud into the mic mm. and like started roasting her because I mean. How are you gonna come front row with that bright ass sweater <laughs> and distract your shit the whole time? Literally. Um, do you think you prefer, or do you think you get a better reaction when you do like spontaneous comedy in real life? You know, because I think there's like something to be said about in the moment comedy. That's more my yeah. style. Or do you think you prefer having a written down plan and then kind of executing that? Uh, I like them both kind of equally. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm just fucking around with my friends and whatnot, obviously on the spot, it's just like a lot more fun because you get that quick like satisfaction of people laughing to what you said but then again like writing your jokes it's just nice to know you like you know in your head you got this line coming this line coming this line coming they're gonna laugh right here and right here it's just i don't know i like them both it's hard to pick i can see that how would you describe like the difference in them i mean i guess you just did Mm -hmm. but um yeah like in the moment it's just like you don't think about it too much you kind of just say it you don't have time to pick a specific word or specific phrase but when you're writing jokes you can pick uh i want this word in this sentence or i want it to flow like this or sound like this do you believe in any like formulas of comedy i have no idea um i don't like to force anything so i don't want to, like try too hard writing a joke i just like to let shit happen and if it's funny i'll make a joke about it but i don't want to ever like just try to write like force myself to write jokes totally i i, I guess i mean more in the terms of like when you're writing the joke like a, a certain structure in any way because i'm I, sure there is i have no idea i don't think i, I was gonna argue that there isn't because like there's guys who who say like you need to have, you know, your punchline here, the right amount oh, yeah. of Yeah, there's like old school guys exactly. who will be like set up punchline, yada yada. But I mean, I don't think I'm that advanced yet to even figure well, that, that out. Well, that shit's dated. I just, yeah, I just kinda write it and like I guess I know where the punchline is and like what the lead up is, but I don't ever think like, all right, set up, punchline, yada yada. Mm-hmm. Do you like storytelling comedy? That's I do. the version I know. I like storytelling comedy. It's just hard because you gotta remember all the details. And then, like, I'll get lost, like, and jumble my words and start, like, giving too many details or shit that doesn't matter. But it's definitely, it's easier because if you tell a story, like, it's just natural. It's something that actually happened to you and there's just funny shit in it. I also like storytelling comedy because you can, like, embellish. Oh, yeah. You can definitely, you got That's, like, the whole thing, right? Yeah. We don't have to, but, like, most of the time they do. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? You're telling a story. You're trying to get a reaction, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a infinite things to be said about like the psychological study of comedy right like there's a huge to me that's what i think about like almost entirely when i go to comedy shows i think about how like the comedian is creating like an energy or a tone if you will for the entire room and then they're trying to like spread that through a bunch of different people there's like everyone's looking at your mannerisms like everything you do up on stage is being like completely stared at that, that's something i think a lot about about in uh, in regard to comedians is that you're literally up on stage commanding a crowd by yourself yeah it's weird to think about because like you're really just having a conversation with like 30 people or talking back let's i mean let's go big let's talk like 
10,000, yeah. you know, like say you're in a stadium and you are literally controlling and have the full everybody, attention yeah. of everybody. Do you it's think definitely weird. It's weird, right? Do you ever think about that and like and and like how that plays a role in dare I say it like addiction and and just like social interactions with people in the real world like being on stage? Do you ever think about that kind of stuff? Kind of, not too deep. I think it does play a part cuz like it's such like an instant gratification, like an attention whore kind of thing, being able to stand in front of everybody and have them have to listen to you. So I feel like in turn, when I'm like just talking to my friends or whatnot, it might make me like want to control the uh, conversation or like get my point across first or something. But I don't think it's affecting me too much. Mm -hmm. I'm not accusing you, like, you of anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just curious what you think because I, I think about that stuff all the time. I, I think being on stage after a certain amount of time, regardless of how like, big or small the stage is, has an effect on, like, your psyche, you know? Oh, yeah, it definitely does. Like being, just Can't like tell you me said, shit now. Exactly. And just like you said, like, being in control of an, a crowd, you know, like, everyone's paying attention to you. Your point is worth the most. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to me. It's really fun, too, just being able to, like, I can say whatever the fuck I want, and you have to hear it. Right. <laughs> like, there's no way if ands or buts. Especially if they paid money. Exactly. Right? It's like, you paid money to see me, bitch. That's even <laughs> better. <laughs> when they pay um, money and you can say some reckless shit. Yeah, what goes on, like, Behind the scenes, do you guys ever get to like, I guess you're kind of, you said you're like working your way into the scene now, but in the mingling with comedians, do you, do you find like yourself being more attracted to hanging out with comedians? Uh, yeah. Like, especially ones that are like actually doing shit just because like I kind of want to be on that and like get more into the game and get more like into like what they're doing in the sense of like how they're doing comedy, like hitting open mics, doing podcasts and creating content and all that. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to do that more. And obviously like who you're around plays like, a big part in like where you're going so like if I'm around comedians and whatnot it'll help me get into the comedy game more and more do you like study the comedians when you watch them uh not necessarily like local ones like there's some I'll watch and be like oh he's really good at like his stage presence or this or that but like famous ones I obviously watch them more so like I'll pay attention to like little shit they do yeah like what um like even like Andrew Schultz, like, the way he, like, moves his hands and stuff, it just, like, helps with a joke. It's weird, but, like... No, I think every mannerism is yeah. important. That's why I ask. Is there anything else you look at? Just how they, like, kind of stand there and, like, their presence. Because, like, the jokes, like, I can figure that out, but, like, the stage presence standing there and, like, looking good and being able to look confident and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I agree. Like I mentioned before, like, everyone is looking at you. I know for me personally, like, I try to be reading their mind you know like i try to be like thinking how they're thinking and so when i see them like you know like looking off in the distance like i'm like oh what are they thinking about you know like i don't know i don't know my point is here but i just find it very interesting i, I like studying people and i think if i was up on stage i would love studying the crowd and I yeah i definitely do that sometimes i'll yeah. just be sitting there talking i'll just be like oh, look at her i wonder what she's thinking about I'm like, look at him. Oh, he's not paying attention. What do you feel about, like, the crowds at stand-up shows? You think they're usually cool people? Yeah, so far, I mean, it's been cool people. Because most people that are, like, coming to see comedy, especially, like, an open mic, like, I mean, you're not going to an open mic just to fuck around. Like, obviously, you didn't pay for it. But, like, if you're at the open mic, you probably want to hear comedy. Definitely. And most Good of the time, comedy. it's a lot of comedians yeah. in the crowd anyway. And then, like, a paid show, obviously, like, they paid to come here. They're not going to, like, they could heckle me or something. But, like, Cool, you spent 40 bucks to do that. How do you feel about the influences of, like, alcohol and marijuana on a crowd? I did a show called Laughing High, and it was, like, a weed show, so, like, everybody in the crowd was smoking and whatnot. And it was weird because, like, they were cool. It's just, like, I would say a joke and say my punchline, and there'd be, like, a couple-second lull, and people would be like, <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. And, like, it was just really weird. 
How's like, it? I feel like everybody's always drunk. Otherwise, how's that usually like? Yeah, drunk is cool because I mean, the drunker they are, the more the easier it is to make them laugh. I completely agree. And like some people get rowdy, but rarely. How do you think alcohol and marijuana influence your writing? Do they influence your writing? Um, I mean, I definitely get high and write sometimes, but obviously, when you're high, you kind of think of things differently or think of like, oh, that's some high shit. But then again, like sometimes that's the funniest shit. But I don't really ever get drunk and write jokes necessarily. I might think of something funny when I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I think with both substances, it's probably like a good idea to write a joke and then edit it later when you're Yeah, sober, like look at it. Sober. Right? Like I got high the other day and I was thinking about like foursomes. Because like <laughs> there's only three holes on the girl. So one of your friends is going to be sitting there beating off while you guys <laughs> are fucking. So you mean gangbangs. That's like… Oh one, yeah, yeah, yeah. gangbangs. <laughs> Anything That's more even than one three. step further. Some hockey. You ever been in one? I have not. <laughs> I wish. I just feel like it'd be awkward. You were sitting there next to your man, just like beating <laughs> off, maintaining your erection, waiting for your turn. I have also wondered stuff like that before, or like group sex, like the whole, a whole bunch of people. I feel like yeah, somebody's got to be lonely. A whole right? bunch of people. If there's more than one girl, I guess it's cool. You can like share more. But like, if it's like one girl and like seven guys, it's just like. <laughs> What are y'all doing? Like, you're in line right now to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it really do be like that. Yeah, that's some <laughs> shit when I'm high. Like, stuff like that. No, I totally understand. When did you start smoking weed? For, like, the first time, sometime in, like, middle school, um, like, eighth grade. I didn't really start, like, smoking, smoking till like, the summer after sophomore year. Okay. And then I smoked, like, every day. It just and, happens, right? Yeah, it just happened. And then I started doing it more and more. I loved it. And That's it was, how I tell the story, fun. too. I'm like, I, I started smoking at this time, but I remember I became a Daily Stoner at this time. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, yeah. I, I'd smoked a couple times, like, freshman, sophomore year. But then that summer, I just took off to the moon. Started smoking every day. That's like smoking uh, out of apples and out of tin cans, like, Dude, back in the day. apples. Dude, I, <laughs> you ever smoke out of a soda can? I have. It's the I, worst fucking thing you could do. <laughs> I've done it, too. <laughs> I remember once, me and, like, four other of my friends, we're all, like, 16, we go into a Wawa and we all go our separate ways, like looking through the store, and then we come up to the counter with one apple just so we can go smoke. <laughs> like we we went in there looking for shit to smoke with, and we're like, "Oh, an apple, an apple." I feel like it's the go-to. I don't have anything, uh, no available apparatus, so Literally. I need to pull out an apple. It's such a young, but like thinking back now, I'm just like, damn, I can just go buy like a blunt or something, or like I have a bong. True, it's just like, I didn't even think of that. It's just like crazy to think, like, damn, I really used to be in the creek smoking out of foil. <laughs> clay monster life. Used to walk. If you don't know what a clay monster is, weed. I sleep on you. Yeah, clay monster. I had one memory because uh, I you asked for my address to come slide over, and then it occurred to me when I texted you and said I had been to your house before. I literally had realized it at that moment, right? And I remember only one thing. I remember like sitting on your porch. You have since moved from this house, mm-hmm. but sitting on your porch, and we would literally. I only remember doing this once. I'll say I don't remember if it happened more or no, not. You go ahead. But we shot BB guns. Oh yeah. At the cars on Harvey Road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I live right off of Harvey Road. And for anyone that doesn't know, it's like a busy, I don't think it's a highway or whatever, but it's just like a busy road. So, like, living on the corner, you would shoot shit at them, you know, throw something. It would just be kind of fun just being a little dickhead. It's fucking hilarious. In yeah. hindsight, not funny, not cool. But yeah, in hindsight, if I was driving and some kid threw something at me, I'm pulling back around and I'm snapping. I can't believe we didn't get like yelled at or beat up or anything. Like, some little kid did that to me the other day, pulling out of my neighborhood, and I stopped. I was like, yo, I know your parents. Like, I would, like, Pretty much cussed him out. And I was like, I'm going to go tell your dad. It's deserved. And then, like, I feel like a dickhead because, like, I can't really do anything to this little kid. Mm -mm. Like, I have to go tell his dad and, like, what's really going to happen. That's a weird-ass feeling, bro. You just reminded me. I was playing disc golf with one of my friends. uh, Jason will shout out. And uh, this kid was biking. And we saw him, like, turn into the park. 
and he's coming down the hill and we're just watching him. We're like, he's going pretty fast. And he's like a kid. Mm-hmm. He runs straight into Jason's car. Like <laughs> full on smacks his car, no brakes. Like it, the way he looked, <laughs> he was so shocked. Like he did not mean to do it. But and I, so I was just like, uh, bro, like, yeah, are you okay? You know, first you have to be like, are you okay? And then after that, what do you do? It's a kid. You can't yeah, just like, be like. It's funny because when you're a kid, you think like, if you do that, it's like, oh shit, I'm in big trouble. But now it's just like, well, I don't know what to, like, what am I going to do this kid? What am I going to do? Know his parents That's what I told him. I was like, uh, are you here with anybody? I yeah. was like, bro, like, are you okay? Like, what's your deal? And he's like, I'm okay. Like, I'm sorry. And I was like, And okay. he just leaves and you deal with the car. <laughs> exactly. You can't do anything. You can't be like, I need money for the car now. Yeah. Um, an ID or anything. That's a funny ass thing. Being a kid is simple, bro. It's crazy. I imagine what it would like, what it's like to be a kid right now. With coronavirus yeah. and this online toxicity. And then, I feel like it, we're, we're lucky. We grew up where like we still played outside and whatnot. But then we also got all the technology like right when it came out. That's a really interesting point. You're absolutely right. Like we were like, probably… We got to have like Snap and Instagram right when they started. Mm-hmm. So I mean… I remember Tyler Malloy is the one who was like… Yo, I got this new app, Snapchat. It's so cool. Like, you should check it out. And I was like, nah, bro. Like, that ain't for me. Justin Duran told me about it. I was in my friend Liam's living room watching Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens versus whoever when the power went out. And he told me, he like showed me this app. I was like, yeah, you can draw on your pictures. And I was like, what? Everything has changed. It's crazy. But uh, I, I like… What do, how do you feel about the effects of like us being a young generation and the kids below us being born into this world with social media? How do you think it's impacted them? Uh, I think it's, like, good and bad because, like, they won't ever go outside and, like, build a fort and, like, do any of that, like, hoodlum stuff that we got to do. But at the same time, like, there's, like, 16-year-old kids that are making $50,000 a post on TikTok. So, I mean, is it really bad? I don't know. I'm glad you brought up TikTok. What do you think about TikTok? It's definitely, like, I'm not super into, like, the whole dancing, but I get, like, how important it is because there's so many people on it and, like, how quick your video can go, like, to the top. and like. Someone mentioned it the other day, like, Instagram started for, like, photographers to really seriously take pictures, but nobody does that anymore. So, I can't imagine what TikTok will be when it's, like, in a couple, five years. It's a really interesting point as well. I think that social media apps, well, I guess I shouldn't speak broadly because Facebook, no, you know what? All of them. Yeah, speak broadly. Yeah, they are entirely based around business now. Yeah. Social media equals business. It's not really to connect, like, anyone anymore it's yes like, and if it is you're connecting with them because they're trying to promote themselves like, yeah or they're trying to sell something or trying to do something yes involving you um the tiktok thing is interesting too because i think you actually used a really good number that you said you said you can make fifteen thousand off a post that does seem like a lot of money but in terms of like a brand deal i actually think that's a low amount of money it definitely is, but yeah. that is what they get on tiktok that's what i've been hearing a lot in and TikTok, then like per post though they're like 30 second videos i don't even know how long they are yeah somewhere between like yeah, yeah. TikToks are short. Five and 30 seconds. But the conversion rate is really low. Yeah. You know, you hit like a million likes on TikTok. You don't get all the followers and yeah. stuff. And then it's hard to get them to like your yes. Instagram and your Facebook and all that. Like the amount of people who swipe over to view the page is so low. Mm-hmm. But they just added now uh, link in bio on oh, TikTok. Really? Okay. Brand new. You can swipe somewhere on a TikTok and it'll take you to their link. Oh, really? That's I just noticed too that like… The people you're following, it doesn't pop up right away. It brings you to like the For You tab mm-hmm. first, which is I thought was kind of weird. So it almost makes it like you following someone doesn't really matter. That's interesting. Because it's like more about exposure. Yeah. Mm. So like whatever the funniest thing of the day is gets the… What, uh, what encouraged you? Because you actually just gave me a sticker. For anybody who doesn't know, Danny's got this really fucking cool logo that I really love. Yeah, what the big beaner baby. Come up with, shout out. To come <laughs> up with the, uh, 
the logo and and start like taking your branding a little more seriously? Um, my friend used to call me the big beaner baby back in the day, and I just thought it was hilarious because I'm big, I look like a baby, and I'm Mexican. <laughs> so big beaner baby. And then I just thought it'd be a great logo to have like a big Mexican baby smoking like a blunt and shit. And mm-hmm. then I realized like it is important to like brand yourself so people it's like I meet I've met so many people already doing comedy that probably no have no idea who I am, will never see me again. So like if I can give them a sticker they look at or whatever. Like, even if I put it on the gas station, someone might look at my Instagram and, you know, laugh at my video and follow me, so. I completely agree. Yeah. Do you think you'll start putting your videos on TikTok? Uh, yeah. Once they're, like, long enough, and apparently their guidelines are very strict, so I guess I got to figure that out. Are they? Yeah, apparently, like, you get kicked off real easy for, like, fireworks, like, cussing, stuff like that. Really? I, I don't know That's how not true that. it is, but. That, I did not know that, but I actually do believe you. I don't see a whole lot of fireworks and cussing on TikTok. Yeah, so I guess… It's like a kid's safe place. I are you it. worried about the Chinese government and TikTok at all? Not uh, all these people are like, oh, they, the government can track you. It's like, bro, you're not special enough. Like, they don't <laughs> care about your dumbass dancing to the renegade. <laughs> like, like they're not gonna come to your house and like take your family away. But it's more than that. I think I'm speaking ignorantly because I've never looked into mm-hmm. it. But like, from what I understand, the Chinese government is genuinely accessing like your cameras and like genuinely accessing the data that you're providing it on your phone. Um, so they're just going to see my dick pics. That's care. what I said too. I, mean, I, I actually agree with your point. Like, even if they are doing that to me, cool. Yeah, like, I don't know what they could possibly do to me. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, but it does make me think a lot about the privacy era that we live in right now. Yeah, or like should I say, nothing's really private. Exactly, the anti-privacy area that we live in right now. It's like... Shout out Crystalia. Oh, you can save Snapchats? Dude, <laughs> I told you the other night. That's like one of the yeah. funniest clips I'm out right now. I swear, you can watch this man... <laughs> a realization like nobody else. Um, I, I worry about that kind of stuff. I think something that we have all come to realize and accept as a society that disgusts me is that we will say things in real life and then get an ad based on that on our phones. I have a hot take about that. People get so mad. I feel like that is so convenient. Like Ugh. you don't have to look shit up. Like I was looking for pant- these pants the other day. Scroll through Instagram like the second ad I saw and I ordered them. Like… I just feel like it's so convenient. I get the point, but there's more, it's like it's like unsolicited. You yeah, know, I like get that. I didn't give anybody permission to be listening to my conversations and also it concerns me for the future. Have you ever seen the show on Hulu called Damn, I don't remember what it's called. I probably have it. it makes you feel better. That's fine. It's basically this young man C-level actor. He's pretty kind of famous. Uh he dies mm-hmm. and he up you they upload you when you die to like a cloud or something? Yeah, it's like cloud heaven, right? In cloud heaven, he's still getting spammed with like advertisements, <laughs> things that are like trying to sell to him. Yeah, it's it's funny, but it's also like serious. Like, are we headed in a direction where in real life we're going to be flooded with these advertisements? Like, I don't know. I worry about that stuff. You clearly don't mind. Um, Yeah, I feel like it could get to a point where like it's just like too many ads. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed lately, YouTube is getting pretty brazy. With just the two ads before the video, and you can't skip them. I pay to get no ads for YouTube. I have for a long I'm time. I'm probably gonna start because it's literally the two ads. Like, the, oh, your video will play after this one. Then it's the second one. I'm just like, yeah, what the non-skippable. Fuck? Yeah, like sometimes we'll have the one skip one, but lately it's just been the two. Like, you have to watch these. That is pretty crazy. I know with YouTube, it's become a common thing amongst creators to like put the ads in the right place now. Yeah, like at the suspenseful moment or whatever. I've. I hate that shit. Swear to God, I want to punch them in the face. Dude, I'm watching a TV show right now, actually live week by week, and it's making me go crazy. It's so (laughs) dated to me. Like, uh, it's so hard to like have to wait till like next week to see what happens. I'm just like, what? I won't wait. 
30 seconds for an ad, let alone fucking a week. It makes me crazy. I literally, like, little dicky show. I had to wait. Like, I waited until the season was over because I wasn't about to sit there hey, and wait every week. Quality. You like that show? Very funny show. So funny. So I love the fact that, like, Andrew Santino was in it. He's love a, him. I'm a big comedian. I like. And then, like, he's just funny. Like, I didn't know little dicky had that humor to him. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that was a big show for him. It really was. It was like I don't know what the metrics were, but it was like one of the bigger shows that FX has had in a while. Definitely, I didn't even know FX was on Hulu until I saw that shit. Yeah, that shit was funny. Is a big deal. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, and you just reminded me of it again. You're talking about like immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? And how do you think it's like impacting our world right now? I feel like people definitely want stuff like quick. Like you want to post something and get your likes and just like get that dopamine of the notification. Like with comedy, like tell a joke, people laugh instantly. You don't got to wait for anything. I feel like it's good and bad. You know, you can see how people like your shit quicker. See if it's good, what you made or bad. But at the same time, like no one wants to like put the work in and like wait for results. And I feel like that'll probably just hurt people in the long run. I feel the same way. I think it's influenced by so many things. Social media, internet, mm-hmm. quickly, quickly getting faster and faster. Click of a button, you can get anything you want. Amazon deliveries in 24 mm-hmm. hours. Things happen quick now. And I worry what it does for us as humans. Because I find myself… I mentioned this to some friends the other day. And they kind of looked at me really funny. But as someone who consumes a lot of YouTube… Yeah. I have access to fast forward and rewind. Or like skip ahead and skip back. And in real life… I now feel as though there's moments where I'm like… Oh I want to rewind 10 seconds. I know. Yeah, I've definitely done that. Yeah. I watch YouTube all the time and I'll just be sitting there like, all right, let's fast forward through this conversation. Or, or this ad. Yeah. Yes. Or this or that. I should be like, oh, I got to wait in this line? What do you mean? It makes me very nervous about the future. Will Will I become worse in this sense? I hope not, but I believe I will. We're all just going to be like the people in Wally. You think? I think so. I mean, so. honestly, yeah. But then again, I mean, they were still alive, so fuck it. For now. <laughs> For now we are. Yeah. Um, I just take it day by I day. I worry about everything. Would you live on Mars? I mean, if someone else went there first… You wouldn't be the first guy, but you would be the second guy. I wouldn't guy. be the first. If they definitely… Like, they would have to get a couple things for me to go up there. Mm. And live there permanently. Like what? Like, I need some weed. <laughs> some good pizza. <laughs> internet connection, obviously. Um, and probably some open mics. Some comedy or something like that. Maybe, like, a concert venue. Mm. A, good, a good sit-down restaurant, like Olive Garden or something. <laughs> Bro, hot take. Um, you like Olive Garden? Love Olive Garden. I like Olive Garden. You tour Italy? Seventeen ninety nine. <laughs> Cheapest, <laughs> cheapest you can get. See Italy. And the breadsticks. They got the chicken and I gonna say too. Oh my god. I uh, I think Mars could be cool. I'm It'd scared of heights cool. though, so I don't know if I can make it. I'm kind of scared of heights. They'd have but to I feel knock like me out. It'd be cool in like the spaceship, unless that bitch blows up. Like what? I mean, that don't really be happening though. Yeah, I feel like it doesn't. It doesn't. And also, like I don't know. I'll take my chances up there. Let's see what happens. Mm. There's probably scarier shit up there though. You think like what? I don't think there is. I don't know. I mean, there's probably some crazy type of animal or something. <laughs> Just Mars kidding. animal? Yeah. I think we would know if there were Mars animals, don't you think? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I don't know. We got this Mars rover apparently, but yeah. I've never seen it detect anything. That's true. It just looks sand. like rocks. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. It's just sand. I can't even think of his name right now. Or its name. Damn. I thought it was rover. I, I assumed. Nah, they, they gave him weird nerd names. I can't I wonder who gets. Do you think it's one guy just like controlling that with a joystick? Uh, like I think it's automated. Damn. Yeah, I think it's automated. But I think it's crazy how… Well, shit. I mean, everything has changed so rapidly. But at least when I was in school, they used to talk about how long it actually takes for like a message to go from Earth 
to Mars and back, like even virtually. I just don't get that. Like it's 2020. That's what I'm saying. I think that maybe it's 2020 and that shit might be old news. I wonder how quickly we can send a message to Mars now. So like if we figured out how to get a rocket into space, like you can't figure out how to get an iMessage down? Well, it's just far. An iMessage? (laughs) Well, that's actually funny. I guess if you had a satellite like like rotating around Mars, you could do an iMessage. But I guess you can't like live stream to Mars. It would be good. It would take a while, I I guess. Shouldn't even be talking about this because I think Verizon covers Mars. <laughs> nah, but AT and T does. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> they added that pack. It's only <laughs> extra hundred a month. Oh, bad, bad. Um, uh, I want to ask about your coronavirus. Has it uh, your your shutdown? Even though that's not really what anybody yeah. has done, myself included. How has it been? Has uh, your world been rocked at all? Uh, it started pretty normal. Like at first, when I saw all the videos, I was like. Oh shit, like what's going on? Is this one of those movies? Hmm. Like, do I need to fucking like load up and go to my bunker? Did you? Uh no, not really, to be we honest. Did. We kind of did. Like, I'm just kind of lazy. I shot for myself and I was like, eh, I'll, I'll go to the grocery store eventually. Like, there'll be food. I'll be all right. And there was. Oh. Okay. I never want like I went to the store. There was no toilet paper on the shelf. And I was like, all right, I'll just come back later. I didn't struggle once to get toilet paper. Like, oh, that's underst- nice. I don't understand what happened. Dude, in LA. Why? I bet LA these are so many people. It like, was insane, especially more crazy people. That's what I said too. It's just yeah, like, I don't, and I never got it. Like, what are you gonna shit so much? I never got the toilet paper thing either. I'm like, you could wipe your ass with so many other so things. So many things, <laughs> literally. Yeah, like that's not a point of concern for me either. But other than that, I mean, I was working with my brother at a hospital, and it was cool. I oh mean, wow, it didn't seem. When crazy. were you working at a hospital? It was like and for what February till like March or April couple months fuel polishing you know what that is it's like i don't so big ass generators for like big companies and like hospitals stuff like that you have to they have like diesel fuel in it and they literally sit there for years like until it's used so we have to like filter it out it cleans and then go back in Mm. and like i would go in the hospital just like go to the cafeteria because hospital cafeterias bang (laughs) they do um and they would just check my temperature and shit and it was cool like it wasn't really no one was freaking out it wasn't very rampant in there Mm. so i didn't think anything of it and I mean, I don't know. Other than that, I don't really do much anyway. Right. Yeah, I'd be chilling in the crib. I get that. I am a little nervous about what's going on right now. I definitely had… It's so crazy how quickly everything changes, you know? And yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm a part of the problem. Sometimes I feel like a sheeple because like… A sheep a sheep person. A sheep person. Uh, <laughs> I, I refer to groups of people as sheeple all the time. Uh, but uh, at first it was like… It was like, oh shit. I never heard of anything like this. This is weird. And then it was like, oh shit, everything's changing. Oh shit, everybody's dying. And then all of a sudden I was like, actually, did as many people die as I thought would? Yeah. But now we're back and it's worse, right? So like everything's changing. I don't think it, I think um, like we're getting more cases, but the fatality rate's still pretty low. I hear that number two. And like, I don't know if any of this is true, I guess. Like I'm not the one documenting it. But, but... there's things that happen to people that are really bad that aren't dying. You know, that doesn't really get talked about, like getting stuck on life support. Yeah, that is very true. I didn't think about that. In your own. Like having a ventilator and exactly. stuff like that. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't know the answer, but I will take a moment as a, as a responsible person of our world to just say my dad lectured me. Like, <laughs> he lectured me pretty bad yesterday about how like, uh, so he, he works in live entertainment uh, as a food caterer, right? So he goes mm. to festivals, which don't exist right now. Yep. And he caters food to thousands of people. And so basically what he said to me is like, every person that's deliberately choosing to like not wear a mask and go to bars and like go hang out with their friends is directly impacting 
the amount of time that he will not have a job because he like yeah. won't be able to go on tour for as long as this is still a problem and stuff like that. And that was a really eye-opening point. Um, so sorry to cut off this wonderful comedic moment, but I just wanted to put that out there. I like um, to find hope in like the fact that like there's really smart people. So like I'm sure somebody will figure out how right? to Right. I feel the same way. But I that is, it'll take time, but like uh, that's not like a Yeah. It's Great not the solve. best idea. Yeah, yeah. It's not the best idea. Um, but I'm happy to hear that it didn't negatively impact you too bad. Because yeah, I mean, I was cool. smacked. Yeah, at first, I mean, it was scary because I remember still seeing like the, in Wuhan, they built like a hospital like mm. in days. And I was just like, oh shit, like, are we all about to die? Like, what's going on? And then I guess not. I mean, we're cool. Mm. So we're far. cool. Cool enough. We're I'm, cooling. Yeah. It's mid. The worst part, it sounds so selfish. I'm so tired of getting in my car and being like, fuck my mask. Like, it's so selfish, but, like... A better way to phrase it is, like, we haven't gotten to a point yet where it's uh, muscle memory yeah, to, to grab a mask. Yeah, like, it's not, like, my wallet and my phone. I think this might be a thing for a long time. I actually do. I think it might be, but also I feel like, like I said, I feel like somebody will figure out a way to, like, really combat that. I hope. But, bro, colleges are coming out now. They're saying, if you're coming to campus, which most people aren't, you are wearing a mask all day, every day. You're getting temperature checked every time you walk in. Nope. Dude. No colleges are doing double living anymore. Damn. Everybody's getting their own room now. It's lit. Completely insane. Um, I guess, sorry. Okay, I'm, I'm sort of uh, blanket statementing, but yeah. uh, for USC specifically, who I believe is like a trendsetter for a lot of other colleges. Yeah, it's a pretty big school. Yeah, so that's, I, that's happening for us. Um, did you end up going to college? I went to Del Tech for like a couple months. But you got your degree? Oh, you didn't know? Nah, fuck nah. Why do, you think, why do you think it wasn't for you? I just cannot. I don't know. I feel like I might go back eventually, but, like, one, I suck at math. I struggle with that shit so much, mm. and it just took forever. And like, I'm just such a realist to the point where I'm just, like, I'm, like, sitting there. I'm just, like, all right, I'm not going to get this done by the time it's due, so why would I still keep sitting here and trying? <laughs> like, it sounds stupid, but, like, just a realist. Like, no, I know I it's that. not going to happen. I wonder, I think it's, like, pretty normal to have no passion for academia. Like, I definitely don't. I also didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I just kind of picked something I thought might make me some money or something. Right. I just kind of started going. Do you think you have an idea now? Well, comedy is obviously your main source. Yeah. Do you have a backup idea? Not no, that you I need do. one. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I tell every, I yeah. hate when people do that to me, bro. They'd be like, Yeah, what's your backup? Oh, you study music? It's like, I don't know. Like, if it doesn't work out in 10 years, I'll go get a fucking job. Yes. Like, someone will hire me. No, that's not good. That hard. Um, although I, I must encourage you, getting a degree is valuable. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, that is how it, definitely it is. Right is. Now. I want to like really find something where like I could, if I could like find something that could relate to comedy or help me with comedy and then like learn that. I think there's probably. So many more options than either you or I can imagine. And I'm a big guy with, like, YouTube University, mm -hmm. which is just, like, a saying. Because, like, you can mm -hmm. learn so much shit on YouTube. Like, I've been trying to learn how to, like, video edit. And, like, so many people like so many people could hire me to do that. This is extremely valuable. Exactly. I think uh, you are smart for figuring that out. I think a lot of other people need to be encouraged or reminded that, like, we have the internet at our fingertips. Yeah. And you can learn to do anything. Like, I get it's the safe play to go to college and, like… It is. …learn something. But, like… For now… I like to gamble. We might just burn it all down, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, Everything's getting burnt the fuck down right now, which I'm mostly for. And uh, academia is on the list. I uh, think it's crazy, too, that, like, like, you go to USC. Like, USC, like, I guess it's cool because it has history. But, like, the only reason it's a cool college, like, good college is because the professors. Like, once these professors decide, like, to find a way to get accredited themselves and just go, like, Zoom all their lectures, like, USC won't be shit. You won't need to go get a dorm and go live there to go to school. You can that's really learn it from the guy that's doing it on the internet. That's really interesting. It makes me think of like clout. Like yeah. the school has clout because it has alumni. 
Yeah, and so exactly. when you are an alumni, you become a part of this crew, right? Mm-hmm. But if a professor had more clout than a school, then they could just could he start pulling people away? Exactly. That's a very thought-provoking thought. I'm very into uh, the idea of pulling yourself, no, cutting out the middleman. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm very into that idea. Because realistically, what does a college do? Take your money. Exactly. Yeah, literally. literally take your money. Like, that's the, what they're known for right now. Take your money and let you come fucking go to shitty frat parties. Deadass. If you're like, if you're, well, we won't go there. <laughs> no, nah, you're douchey enough. <laughs> if you need friends that bad. Uh, or if you're just a bitch and won't walk in yourself. Yes. That's very, very thought-provoking. I have never heard of that idea before. I like that idea. Uh, people are doing that with like, in my opinion, like streamers. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for a world where, like, you stop. I don't know. It's a hot take. But I'm waiting for a world where, like, you stop going to Twitch.com and you just go to, like, Ninja.com. Yeah. And you just watch Ninja. You know? like Yeah, I think that's the only difference is, like, because right now, like, they'll give him so much money to stream. It's almost that. like, why would I even try and make my own thing? Mm. But then it might get to a point where, like, because I don't think they, like, fucking um, restrict him that much. Like, I don't think there's anything he wants to do that he couldn't on their platform. But if there is, he could eventually just go make Ninja. .tv. Mm-hmm. You got a stream on there. I wait for the day. I uh, I definitely am becoming more aware of how popular the subscription model is. Yeah. That's like the wave now. I think Netflix was a huge uh, player in that situation. Yeah, because most people, like if something's $10 or less, they don't think twice about it coming out of their account. Mm-hmm. And Like mm-hmm. at all. And I feel like people don't get the numbers. Like OnlyFans, some girls are trying to charge like $30, $40 a month. It's like, you understand, if you charge $10 a month and have 70 people, like... How much money is that a month? 700, baby. Exactly. Like, that cash, baby. I, and you'll get more people before you get that many people signing up for the $40 a month. Yeah. We were just talking about this the other night. I forget what the context was before. But the OnlyFans thing cracks me up, too. I wish I could have an OnlyFans. Well, I guess I technically can. You can. But I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think I got a hammer like that. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I said me neither. There's one <laughs> comedian… Uh, I saw that started in OnlyFans. Big Jay Okerson. Is that who it was? Yeah. That's very funny. And they actually, no, they're actually doing like not pornographic stuff. I yeah. thought he was actually going to do like porn or something just to be funny, but mm-hmm. he's doing like his podcast <laughs> just or something to be on funny. there. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very vulgar, like people will be triggered listening to him. I know him. Comedian. Uh, what's the crew? He's actually he's... a Philly comedian. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's what, from What's Philly. the crew they have? What's that called? Uh, Legion of Skanks. They're hilarious. Yeah, they're so funny and they do not give a fuck about anything. I agree. And they have not been canceled because they. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you think it has to do with like the culture of the people that follow him? Definitely that. Yep. And like, I just don't think they care. Like, what do you, you can't cancel him. Mm. You're not going to like, these clubs are still going to book him to do shows. Like, maybe. They probably Depends will. Depends on the line. You know, like, what if he does something over the line? Then they I won't. mean, he openly says the hard ER on his podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, I okay. mean, I don't know. That's interesting. Well, I think you just have to understand like what kind of comedy he does. Mm. And that's where people go wrong. They think yeah. people are just being too serious or like that's Or they what don't they know mean. him. Yeah. You know, like if you don't know somebody at all and you see something out of context, exactly. It has a different tone. And I can understand being upset, but you should probably educate yourself before you start calling people out. Or just, you know, exit the browser. Yeah. <laughs> Go outside. Yeah. <laughs> like if it hurts your feelings, close it off. Yeah. <laughs> like cyberbullying, bro. Log off. Log off. Shout out Tyler. In fact. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite tweet. <laughs> that's a good tweet. How you get cyberbullied, bro? Just log off. <laughs> um have you ever been to, because you just reminded me, I saw Legion of Skanks at the comedy store. You ever been to any like legendary uh, comedy institutions? Um, I did a show at the Punchline, which is probably the biggest like legitimate club. It's like just a legit like comedy club in Philly. But um, 
Other than that, nothing like crazy. What's nothing like the closest legendary comedy story? Is it like uh, maybe somewhere in New York for us? Um, comedy. Yeah, place. definitely probably in New York, like the cellar would probably be like the most so. famous or like one of those. I've heard of. Yeah, it's just like a pretty much where like it's not like necessarily famous. Like you don't have to be famous, but like if you're going on there regularly, like you're hot shit. Like you're coming up. I believe that. Um, I, I got, yeah. I feel that. Um, all right, I'm down to start wrapping it up. We've been doing like a bit over an hour now, so it was cool with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything that you want to share with the world? Any final thoughts uh, that you want to pass around? Uh, Rudy was offsides. I don't even know what that means. From the movie Rudy? You never saw that? I know there's no such thing as offsides. It's offside. Well, not in football. Are you sure? I'm sure. No, I'm not. I don't know. Okay, because I'm not either in football, but in soccer, <laughs> football. There's only offside. Sorry to be a dickhead. Like oh, no, that. no, no, that's funny. People, <laughs> I just, funny. I just, I laugh. <laughs> I just like to bring that up. Rudy was offside, and so no one acknowledges that. In what game? So in the end of the movie, he's like, it's a movie about the underdog. He is little, isn't really that good at football, but he wants to go play at Notre Dame. He is like for three years busting his ass on the practice squad, and he finally gets to go in like one play, and he jumps over the line and like sacks a quarterback or something. But he was offside. It was a penalty. So I mean, ruined the movie. <laughs> That's what you wanted to end with. All right, <laughs> yeah, I'm with that. Um, I've been thinking about it. Share your Instagram. What's your Instagram? Uh, Danny Aguilera underscore. That's mm-hmm. D-A-N-N-Y-A-G-U-I-L-E-R-A underscore. It'll also be in the link, in the description, yeah. rather. Um, Motherfuckers can't spell my last name. I can't. <laughs> you Everyone serious? always thinks there's a Q in it. I don't think that, but I I just don't know how I, spell I get it. It's a hard name as well. It's not, but… It's not hard. It's just like… it's. I don't write that much. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Dude, I, somebody… Jason just told me that his friend spelled my name X-Z-A-V-I-E-R, which I've never heard of. Well, uh, he's just stupid. I thought so, too. Yeah, Shout just... out, Kenny. <laughs> he's funny <laughs> for that one. Um, all right, bro. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we had a fun. good time. I had a great conversation. Um, everybody listening, if you made it this far, I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, we'll have more coming next week. And uh, stay safe out there. Or don't. Or don't. But… Experiment with drugs. But, you know, try to do your best to be safe, I think, maybe. Wear a mask, Um, you piece of shit. Wear a mask, you piece of shit. And uh, spread positivity. All right. Thank you again, guys. Talk to you later.